0: So, today we start a new sermon series. I'm excited about this sermon series where we are going to talk about the mission of Dunfee Missionary Church and the vision of Dunfee Missionary Church. And today's message is going to focus on the first part of our mission where um, Jesus is telling us to go. And our mission is to meet people where they are. What does that mean to you? What's that mean to me? What's that mean to us as a church? And how can we practically put that into practice? We're being introduced to a very important mission. This mission comes straight from Jesus to the church, to you and to me. He made this command Long, long ago, with us personally in mind. Believe it or not, Jesus knew we would be sitting here as Dunfee Missionary Church today, and He is talking to us. A mission statement is a very important thing, it's what we do today and what we do always. A mission is the very core of our ministry. A solid mission will motivate the church to advance toward a common goal. The mission answers some common questions that we have about who we are as a church What do we do? Whom do we serve? And how do we serve? Moving forward in God's good, pleasing, and perfect plan, His will for our church means that all of the ministry that we do will align with this mission that God has given us. It'll be rooted in our mission. The mission sets the tone for who we are, the voice that we will give to the community. It's a call to action for the church. There should be an excitement here, folks. Wake up! Yes, I said excitement. All authority, all authority in heaven and on earth was given to Jesus. And he says, therefore... Therefore, go. Because we are the body of Christ. Christ means the anointed one. We are the anointed ones that have been given all authority in heaven and on earth to go. To go into all the world. Jesus makes it very clear that this is a mission for the church to live for. Let me read these anchor verses from Matthew chapter 28. Starting at verse 18, and I want you to think about the mission as we have it written. Dunphy Missionary Church exists too. Think about those as I read these verses. Then Jesus came to them. And he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, in other words, you are the anointed ones of Christ. Therefore, you do this Go! Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and Into all the world, some translations say. Go outside of this building. Go meet people where they are. Meet people where they are. Go and make disciples. Make disciples. How do you make somebody be a disciple? A disciple is one who is a student of the teacher." How do you make somebody be a student of Jesus? Well, we are saying here at Dunphy, we exist to not only meet the people where they are, but to show them Jesus. If we show them Jesus, it's not up to us. It's up to the Holy Spirit and Jesus to make the people want to be disciples. So if we show them Jesus... We are making disciples of all nations. And what do we do? We baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So once people get to know who Jesus is, because we show them Jesus, we celebrate their commitment. Once they've committed their life to Christ, we help them through the process by baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We baptize them into the family of God. And they get involved with what we call the church, the body of Christ. They've become the anointed ones. We celebrate that with them through baptism. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. We have to, first of all, admit that we are not perfect. We are all still learning to obey everything, everything that he's commanded us. And so we grow with them. So we grow together towards spiritual maturity. And here's the seal on this mission, Jesus says, and surely I am. That should remind you of God. When they said, Who are you? Moses asked him The voice. And he said, I am God. Jesus says, And surely I am with you, anointed ones, with you always to the very end of the age. Man, a mission. Why Dunphy Missionary Church exists comes straight from the Word of God. And we must obey everything that he's commanded. So where are we going over the next several weeks? Today, meet people where they are. Next week, We're going to dig a little bit deeper in what's it mean to show them Jesus. How do we practically show somebody Jesus? On August 1st, we're going to get more into the baptism part. Celebrating their commitment. Celebrating our commitment that we made when we were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And then we will get into what does it practically mean to grow together. To grow together toward spiritual maturity. And then, on August 15th, we're going to summarize our vision. And it's truly a vision to strive for. I'm actually going to go back to the Book of Revelation for us to consider what it really means to have a vision to strive for. And then on August 15, or August 22nd, we are going to just have an overview of this kingdom pursuit. That's what we are doing, Dunfee Missionary Church. We are in pursuit of the kingdom of God. Because he's called us as his children to do that. It's going to be an abbreviated message because after the worship, we're going to have a special church conference. This might be the first time you heard that, but we're going to have a special church conference. The board has been working on a revision to the bylaws. The church is going to affirm bylaws. And also by that day, I truly believe God's going to have the pastor search team lined up and ready to be affirmed. So as a body of Christ, we will affirm the pastor search team to go and do help us find our next pastor. That's August 22nd. And then August 29th, there's five Sundays in August. We're going to have a special guest. His name is Pastor Bob Herman from the Fort Wayne Rescue Mission. Um, He invited me, and I went and took a tour of the place. Beautiful place. Truly, they go to where the people are and do their mission. So he'll share about that, and um, I'm looking, excited, uh, looking forward to that uh, for the last Sunday of August. So that's kind of where we're heading. Right now, I just want us to really focus in on what's it mean to meet people where they are. Jesus said very clearly, Go into all nations with all the authority in heaven and earth through the power of his resurrection filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Be anointed by the Holy Spirit and go. It can be a scary thing when we think about it in the flesh. Do we really belong out In this world, this dark world that we are living in? Jesus, in John chapter 17, said this as he was praying to the Father in heaven, I have given them, us, your word, and the world hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world, Jesus said. He said, my prayer is not that you, God, take them out of the world, but that you protect them, protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them, sanctify us by the truth. Your word, God, is truth. Yes, we live in the world, but we are not of it. We do not belong. We are, as Peter said in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, that we are foreigners and exiles. We are aliens and strangers in this world. In a way, it's as if we live on the island of misfits. Have you ever felt that way? Man, This week on Monday, I was cleaning up after our solemn assembly. Those of you that came to the solemn assembly, remember we we nailed some things on the cross. We got rid of them. We left them behind. And we partook of the Lord's Supper. Have you ever thought about what happens with those elements that are left over after the Lord's Supper? We asked God to be present in those elements, to remind us of Jesus' body which is broken and his blood that is shed for us. So on Monday, I needed to get rid of the extra elements. I took them out, back, and I tossed the bread into the soybean field. I thought, Jesus' body was broken for this, and I'm feeding it to the birds. All's I can think of when I do that is earth to earth, ashes to ashes. What better way to dispose of it? And then I took the little cups of juice, and I began pouring them onto the ground. And it didn't take very long before there was a little puddle that truly looked like a blood stain. Jesus' blood was shed for us to pour on the ground? No. It was shed for the world. I almost started crying when I was out by the soybean field to think that Jesus' blood was shed and spilled out on the ground for everybody and so many people don't claim it. So what, what are we to do about it? The Apostle Paul wrote to Corinthians and gives us an idea about what it means to go, meet people where they are. You might want to turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I believe that this chapter is challenging us to do the same thing today. We are not of the world, but we are in the world, and God is protecting us from the evil one. As Jesus prayed, it's time for us to get out there and meet the people where they are. Open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. And listen to what God's word says. Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. Though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all means I might save some. I do all this, all of this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. I think the scripture is telling us to be where they are so they might become as we are. Paul, in this letter, was writing to to call us to anything except being separated or isolated from the world. What Paul is saying is, as Christians, we meet people where they are. We do not hold back. We do not cloister ourselves and win people by separating from them. No, we we join them in their lives, in their struggles, and in their successes, We walk alongside them. In short, we are to join in empathy for the people of the world. We need to understand what their situation is. We need to appreciate each person as one created in the image of God. Christians are not the only image bearers of God, all people have been created in the image of God. That's why Jesus hung on the cross for the world. That's why his body was broken and his blood was spilled. It was for the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to hang on the cross for all of the sins that were ever committed or ever will be committed. We all are created in his image. When we meet people where they are, we are acknowledging their worth in God's sight we are taking a step that just might allow us to play a part of their liberation from slavery of the world to an eternal life with thee, Lord of lords, King of kings, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, Jesus the Christ. Only when we identify with those And we love, we love them, and we serve them, can we show them the authentic message of Jesus? The Apostle Paul says, do not refuse, don't refuse those who invite you in to dinner. Even if they are unbelievers, don't don't shut them out. Join them, love them, serve them, identify with them, be where they are so that they might become as we are. Perhaps we invite them to dinner. We go to the events that they are participating in. As Christians, we have a separateness. There is a discernible difference between us And the world, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. Yet, we are not outside of the world. We are here. Pinch yourself. We're here. It's true. We're very much a part of it and a part of its pain. We can only show the love of God by being with people he desires for us to love. That's the world. We can only serve others by living with others. We must meet people where they are. We need to be okay with it. And we need to show them that we are okay with them. We love them. God loves them. For God so loved the world, the people of the world. Let me tell you about a guy we'll call Rick. A young man that shared when he was a 10-year-old boy, he was burned badly. He was playing with fire. He found the old Christmas tree. He found the gas can in the garage, took it out and doused the Christmas tree with gasoline, got his hands on some matches, and he felt like in order to really get this thing on fire i need to get out of the wind so he put himself between the limbs of the christmas tree and got way down in there to light it at the bottom and when he did it the flames consumed the tree and came all around him he was badly burned with 3 degree third degree burns and he remembers laying in the hospital going through those Skin graft surgeries in his long stay at the hospital. And as he puts it, having to endure visits of folks from the church, which his family were members of. Rick remembers the folks coming to visit him and some of them really being well-meaning, saying, oh, we love you, Ricky. We know how you feel. Or some words to that effect, and Rick can remembers, Rick can remember that even at that age, he thought to himself, You have no idea what this feels like. Then one day, Mr. Strauss came in. He brought a crumpled letter that he pulled out of his pocket and, and shared it with Rick. It was a letter to his fiancé because, see, Mr. Strauss was stationed in Afghanistan. And one day he was in a horrible place as they set off the trip wire as he was driving the truck down the road and the IED exploded and his whole vehicle was consumed in flames and he was burned. In the letter, Mr. Strauss told his fiancé, you should probably find somebody else. He was too hideous to marry. But Rick says Mr. Strauss looked okay to him, even though he had some scars, and he, he looked okay. And Mr. Strauss, when he got ready to leave, he asked Rick, is it okay if I pray for you? Rick said he doesn't remember the prayer, but he remembers that after the prayer, Mr. Strauss said to him, I know how you feel, Rick. And when Mr. Strauss said that, Rick's heart was touched and he felt a comfort beyond words. For the first time during this whole ordeal, Rick thought to himself, yes, you do. And Rick said to himself, if he made it, I can make it too. Sometime in your life, sometime in my life, we came face to face with someone, someone who would walk with us, who knew what it was like to walk in our shoes, to sit where we sit, to be where we had been, that had gone through what we had gone through, suffered like we had suffered and lost like we have lost. Do you know how? they feel don't you want them to be able to be found like we have been found someone met us where we are someone met us where we are Jesus says go go share your personal testimony with someone Go, meet the people where they are. Personal testimonies of Christians who have risen above undesirable circumstances in their lives serve as a powerful motivator to those who may be suffering from a weakness. At some point, we were all in need. We were all dead and someone ministered to us someone who understood our weakness the apostle paul was one who could look you in the eye and he could say i know how you feel he could then meet you where you were and when prompted by the holy spirit he could show you who jesus was he could experience he could share his experience of meeting Jesus. Paul did this solely for and purely out of love for people. Image bearers of God, each one. More on showing Jesus next week. You're probably thinking right now, okay, pastor, but the Apostle Paul, you know, he's an extra special biblical character. He wrote most of the New Testament with his hand prompted by the Holy Spirit. A giant for God. No one can compare. In so many ways, would you believe that Paul really is not that much different than us? He really could meet us where we are. Just as Jesus meets us where we are. Paul was not always able to boldly speak about who Jesus was and the love that Jesus had for each one of us. He had previously subscribed to a philosophy of doing the right thing in the right way and and you too can have eternal life just by being perfect. Then he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. Jesus slapped him off of his donkey. Jesus made him blind so that he could see who Jesus was. Jesus transformed him and changed him from persecutor of Christians to propagator of the gospel of Christ. Then Jesus said, Go! Saved by the blood of Jesus. Set apart to serve him as Lord. Paul realized at long last What the law could not do, God's grace could do. God would grant salvation to all, everyone who truly believed in what Jesus did. Paul now knew that he could never communicate the grace of God by forcing people to follow the law. After being saved by grace, just as you and I have been saved by grace, he and we are free to go. Meet people where they are. So what, Pastor? What does this mean to me? How does this relate to me today? I think it's time for us to realize we are not going to save people for Jesus by expecting them to come through these doors of this building that we call Dunfee Missionary Church. They are not coming, have you noticed? These doors have been open for a lot of years. They're not looking for your rules. They are not looking for your place. They are not looking to say, well, I wonder what it would be like to go in there. I wonder how I'm supposed to act. No more than people were looking to live the perfect life in Paul's day. No, it was by grace that Paul was saved. It's by grace that people are saved. But not unless we go What the church building and rules cannot do, God's grace can do. We cannot communicate the grace of God by forcing people to come into this church. Come on, people, the doors are open every Sunday. Where are you? Jesus said, go! Go! into all the world. Meet people where they are. We are free to go. You are free to go. Meet people where they are. Sharing the gospel was Paul's main mission. And that really should be ours too. This is what our mission from God is all about. Consider who you may be able to meet where they are. Perhaps you understand where they are because You have been there. Jesus says, go. Man, I was introduced to a failure to do that early in my ministry. The first church that I served in Texas. Within the first month, a lady that had been part of the community for her whole life, been part of the church for most of her life, died after I'd been there about a month. I found out that she had cancer, that she had been shut in, and I visited her frequently during those last weeks. And I would go back to church on Sunday and I'd say, Hey folks, a member of our church is shut in. She would love to see you. Could you go? Just go and let her know you love her. Go and share the love of Jesus. And then she died. And then the house was full of people. You couldn't hardly walk through as her dead body lay on the floor. That next Sunday, after the funeral, one of the ladies of the church came up to me. She said, Pastor, I had been thinking about I need to get over there and visit her. I've been thinking about it a long time and trying to set up a time to get over there to visit her. I never made it. Surely it's the thought that counts, right? (laughs) That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to laugh. No, it's not the thought that counts. Jesus said, go! He's telling you today to go meet people where they are. You know or you might know what they're going through. You know what it feels like to be lonely. We've all been there. You can relate. Now be careful. There are some dark places that we still need to go. But you need to be careful about not getting into a dark place all by yourself and begin to slip back into your old sinful ways. That's why we have a church. We support one another. That's why you need a small group or a spiritual mentor to support you and maybe go two by two into those places. But we need to go and meet people where they are. Be careful about just becoming part of the crowd, part of the in crowd. The apostle Paul when he wrote this in Corinthians, he would have never thought that that was okay. He would never tend toward moral or ethical disregard. He would not go along just to get along, nor should we. Even though he says in verse 22, to the weak I became weak, to win the weak, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. Now, Paul was not wishy-washy. He held to his Christian convictions purity, morality, love for people, compassion, willing to share himself and his possessions to minister to the least of these we must also consider that Paul was not going to live in isolation from the world so, as as if he didn 't care we don 't want to be there rather Paul positioned himself to gain than to maintain open channels of communications by people where he would go and meet them and that 's what we must do. Paul himself could not save anyone, and we cannot. Only the Savior can. And fortunately, Paul knew this, and we need to know that. What could he do? He could meet people where they are. What can we do? We can go meet people where they are. Jesus told us so. He's the one who saves. What might happen if we step out of our comfort zone to to meet people where they are? If we did like Jesus expects, where he says to go. If we did like our scripture suggests here in verse 22, to the weak I became weak, to win the weak. I become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. So I thought about this since I've been here at Dunphy and I want to share some Practical ideas with you. Let's get down to practicality. The first thing I want you to think about is friendship. So, you like to fish. Yeah, we have a few here that love to fish. I wonder what it might be like if you invited someone that you've never fished with before. Perhaps you invite a young man If you have a boat to go out on the boat with you that doesn't normally get a chance to fish and you spend some time with that young man and just let him know that you care. Become a friend. I wonder, I just wonder what kind of spiritual blessings you may be able to share if you're willing to meet people where they are. Ladies, What are your special gifts that God has given you? I wonder what might happen if you reach out to some of the young ladies in your periphery that might want to learn some of those skills that God has given you. After you've met with them for a while and you've become their friend, what might happen if you cared enough to actually invite them to a ladies' group through the church. I just wonder what spiritual blessings you may be able to share if you were able to meet people where they are. Men, what would happen if you began to care about someone that you work with or a neighbor that you haven't talked with before or a young man that Uh, you have some opportunity to meet with. Not only do you start to show that you care, but maybe you invite them to men's breakfast. I wonder, what would happen? What spiritual blessings may you be able to share if you met someone where they are? The next thing I want you to think about is the Mary Married Missionaries. Doesn't that roll off your tongue nice? Pamela's grandparents, when I met her, I found out they were part of a married couples group at their church. They called them Mary Married Methodists. I think Mary Married Missionaries flows much better. We're part of the missionary church. And there is a majority of people at this church from doing our assessment, we learned that have been married for a long time. You might even be married in your marriage. I wonder what might happen if you started to show some interest in a young married couple, someone just starting out. Perhaps you take them out to eat. Maybe invite them into your home for a cup of coffee. Or a latte, if you can afford it. And let them know that you are available. Let them know that you're available to listen to them. That you have been through many difficulties and made some significant decisions in your life and you're just there to help them through some of those times. I wonder, I wonder what spiritual blessings you may be able to share if you're willing to meet people where they are. All right, here's one. Library liberation. Liberation means freedom. Library ladies, I wonder. I wonder what might happen if you took the idea of the library in the church to the next step. I know it's comfortable. It's very comfortable to meet in the basement of the church and make sure that all these books are available to the people of the church. But what if you stepped out on faith and liberated the library to become a way to meet people where they are? What hap- would happen if you invited kids and their parents to some special days at the church to just come as they are and you will read to them? Second idea, what about movies? We've got so many movies in the library. What would happen if you hosted some movie days or movie nights at the church and tell people, just come as you are. We're going to show a movie and we're going to give you some snacks. Or here's one. This is a big idea. What would happen if you liberated the library from the church and took all the material out of here, and went and found some place different to put all those books and the media that you have available, and you make like a cafe. And you invite people to come as they are to a, a cafe to be able to read books to, in order to socialize with one another, have a cup of coffee, and read a good book. Meeting people where they are. I wonder what spiritual blessings... You just might be able to share if you are able to meet people where they are. How about hurt or damaged? How many of us have been hurt or damaged like 10-year-old Ricky? We may not have been physically burned, but we have been burned. We have been hurt. As youngsters, we know what it's like going through some of these difficulties. All of us can be like Mr. Strauss. We can meet them where they are. The young people that need to be met. That don't know Jesus. We can be an example like Mr. Strauss. We can open up with them and share with them what it was like for us. And look. We're okay, even though we're scarred. After we visit, we too can ask, may I pray with you? The youngster may not remember anything we say in our prayer, but we will be able to relate with them and say with confidence that they can hear, I know how you feel. We may be able to share a little hope we may be able to show them that we know what it means to be hurt and damaged i wonder what spiritual blessings you may be able to share if you are able to meet people where they are how about a job well done none of us were born with the skills that we use throughout our career i would suggest someone probably met us where we were and taught us the ropes or we did a lot of studying on our own and we made a lot of mistakes. What might happen if you decided to help someone else prepare for your job or the job that you retired from? I wonder What spiritual blessings might you be able to share if you met people where they are? And the last category of our practical ideas is just out of this world. We all came from somewhere, and Jesus said, They are not of this world, just as I am not of it. Have you learned? Christians, have you learned that life is better with Christ? By having a relationship with Jesus in your life, there is someone waiting for you. You, these fingers are pointing back at me too, but all of us, someone is waiting for us to come alongside, to be their friend, to meet them where they are. I just wonder if we helped someone to become out of this world, I wonder what spiritual blessings you might be able to share if you were willing to meet these people where they are. You know, the the entire world is being watched by the angelic beings. They're watching and and they're wondering. And they're seeing millions of, of images that were created in the image of God, people walking around the earth. They seem to wonder about those image bearers of God. Will people live for God? Will they be saved for eternal life? Through the blood of Jesus Christ that was poured out for them, Will they follow the only begotten Son of God? The angels are wondering, and they're watching. They're watching you, Dunphy Missionary Church. They watch and they say, oh, look. There goes one, one of those Christians. They're moving in. Looks like they're going to go meet somebody where they are. A lost person right there where they are in that dark world? Will they love them the way that Jesus loves them? Will they have an opportunity to show them Jesus? I know that's part of their mission, the angels are probably saying. They say it's a mission to live for. The angels watch and they wonder, will we be able to rejoice, the angels are saying. Will we be able to rejoice and celebrate with them? What a great day that will be. Jesus tells us that in Luke 15, verse 10. They're watching. They want to celebrate. He says, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of angels, the angels of God over one sinner who repents. We are one body. We are one church. We are the human race made in the image of God. When we meet people where they are, because we have been there, we unite with people made in God's image. We are strengthened and we are blessed and they are blessed when we meet them where they are. Jesus calls us and commands us to go. Go into all nations. Go into all backyards. Go into your community. Become all things to all people. Consider our oneness with all people. Meet people where they are. We do all this for the sake of the gospel that we share in its blessings. 1 Corinthians 9.23 Dunphy Missionary Church exists to do this. Meet people where they are. It's time for us to join with them in their lives, in their struggles, and in their successes. Let God build up a passion in you so that that blood that Jesus spilled on the ground for all people was not spilled in vain. Let's go to our Lord in prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, We thank you for your challenge to us in life, that we not just hide out as Christians celebrating our special place with you, but to obey the commands that Jesus has given us to go into all the world, to meet people where they are, so that we can show them Jesus. Thank you for everything you've done for us. We love you. Amen.